continue to talk some baseball. We'll do it now with Matt Weirich. Weirich, sorry, Matt. I apologize. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been he hasn't been able to speak. Today. NBC Sports Washington is where you could find his work covering the Nats. I have not been able to speak English today, which is always bad when you're live on the air doing some uh, radio, doing some TV, speaking. Twitch, <laughs> In the all United that States. stuff. Matt, your thoughts early on the uh, World Series? The Braves up five nothing on the Astros. Ryan Q, Trista, thanks guys for having me. Appreciate <laughs> y'all bringing me on, and, and no worries on the name. Everybody gets it wrong. I'm used to it. I have never uh, got yeah, your name wrong, Matt. Ever. I mean, ever. I, I, I know you personally, and I just have never even said it wrong to your face multiple times. Every time I see you, no, I couldn't say the actually, name of my own I, podcast I today. That's how bad it is. I, I spelled Quentin's name wrong in my phone uh, when I first met him, and I added his contact, and he made sure to give me a lot of crap for that. So yep. uh, it went both ways. Q- Q-U-I-N-T-I-N. Is that what you did? Quinton. I did Q-U-E, yeah. which is yeah. just, I think, the worst way you can do it, probably. Yeah. But I knew another Quentin that had it spelled that way. Yeah, so he's in the my scum defense. of the earth. I heard about that guy. Never never trust the guys <laughs> with his first name Q-U-E-N-T-I-N. Don't trust them. It's like it's like Matthews with one T. Just, just you know, walk away. Yeah. Uh, but baseball. <laughs> uh, this, baseball. This definitely has been a, a surprising start for the Braves. Uh, you know, I came in. Feeling pretty good about Framber Valdez. You know, I think he's been a pretty underrated starter this year and obviously had that huge start uh, in the ALCS against the Red Sox to really turn the tide in that series. But uh, we, we saw early on the Braves were, were jumping all over and Jorge Soler becoming the first player in World Series history to hit a leadoff home run in the top of the first inning of World Series Game 1. That's over 100 World Series ever for that to happen. Pretty crazy. Uh, but I think the, the early trend that, that you had to jump on early was you know, we saw him leaving the, the fastball up. And, you know, Valdez is a ground ball pitcher. He's not somebody who's really going to rack up a ton of strikeouts uh, in a game. So, you know, he's on his best stuff when that sinker and that curveball are low in the zone, out of the zone even. And that just wasn't happening early in, in the Braves capitalized. I tell you what, it has been a surprising, surprising turn of events. Before the playoffs, you had the White Sox and the Giants in the World Series. No shade. I had the Dodgers and the Red Sox. It, what is the most surprising thing about their postseason run, both of these teams, in, in your opinion? You know, I think the Astros are just exactly what we thought they were, uh, you know, before the scandal. I mean, I know they don't have a ton of the same scandal. players they did back in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> what scandal, right? Uh, well, that's at least what their their company line is. But, uh, you know, for, for this team to, to come out with all this adversity and to continue to just do what they do, you know, I think Dusty Baker was the perfect hire to kind of steer this organization through all that controversy. And, you know, they've been able to return to the ALCS in back-to-back years, and here they are in the World Series. So, uh, you know, this is a team that, that doesn't have Garrett Cole anymore. Justin Verlander's not pitching. You know, Zach Greinke's not the same guy of old. Even Lance McCullers isn't here. And yet, here the Astros are. They just keep on chugging. So, for them, you know, it's almost like we just expected them to fall off because of all the adversity they faced, but they, they got through it. As for the Braves, you know, they had to completely rework their roster midway through the season. I remember coming on, uh, talking to you guys about the NL East race, and we all agreed the, the Braves were pretty much out of it with Ronald Acuna Jr. tearing his ACL. Yeah. Mike Soroka never pitched in a game. Uh, you had, of course, Marcelo Zuna and the domestic violence incident, and he's, he's no longer a part of the team. So, you know, we kind of counted them out, and they rebuilt that outfield at the deadline and, you know, got this, these young pitchers, Max Freed and, and Ian Anderson, to carry this team through, throughout the second half, and they were able to make a run. And with just 88 wins, they were able to win that weekend at least, and here they are making one of these miracle ones throughout the postseason. As many miracles and as much excitement as we're having in Major League Baseball, we're also looking at something that could be an absolute disaster. Uh, MLB looking at a lockout 
on December 2nd. How bad do you think this work stoppage could be and how damaging would another strike be to the game? It would, it would definitely be huge. And I think we are headed to some uh, intense negotiations between the Players Union and Major League Baseball this offseason. Uh, we saw an example of what could come uh, during 2020 when Major League Baseball was the first sport that had to figure out how to play amid the coronavirus pandemic. And ultimately, they, they probably could have got in between 81 and 100 games if they had, you know, gotten their stuff together and, and figured out a way to, to get a season going relatively quickly. But they couldn't. Even after agreeing on health and safety protocols, they were not able to agree on salary minimums and how you know players were going to have their pay reduced and everything like that. So they end up only playing 60 games, which uh, has been deservingly called a Mickey Mouse season. Uh, and I think that, you know, we're hopefully not going to be bleeding into next year. But I think this is going to be a long off offseason, uh, one where, uh, we see uh, a prolonged negotiations between the two sides. We, we saw a lot of stuff get leaked in 2020. They seem to have clamped down on that. So I don't know uh, if either side is really going to be going to the press like they were a year ago. Uh, but I do think that this is going to play a major factor on free agency uh, and whether or not these big names get signed early on or have to wait until later into the offseason. Uh, you know, this is a mega shortstop class. we got guys like Carlos Correa and Corey Seager, Trevor Story, uh, really big names hitting free agency this offseason, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw as well. Uh, and we don't really know, you know, if there is going to be a luxury tax threshold uh, within the same point that it's been the last 10 years. We don't know if there's going to be a spending minimum for teams that have been, you know, at the bottom of the payroll rankings for the last few years. Teams like the Orioles, are they going to need to add to their payroll uh, just to meet that minimum? So there's a lot of uncertainty, not to mention the fact that there might be the DH uh, in the National League next year, wow. which is yeah, apparently yeah. going to be used as a bargaining chip. And that's something that, you know, that's 15 jobs right there that will open up uh, if they were to add that. Uh, to the NL. So there's a lot of factors that go into play here. I think that it's something that has been drawn out already, probably should have been close to getting taken care of, and it's not. Uh, and it's going to be up to Rob Manfred to try to be the, the mediator. And to this point, we haven't seen him do a really good job of that. Matt is probably one of the smarter baseball minds I've ever heard in my life. Like every time, that's why I hang around him, especially during my fantasy draft in which he's the commissioner. I had to just steal all his picks and what he might have done so I could get my team together. We didn't make the postseason, but we were close. Matt, I don't know if we've, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Did we get your play or your pick for this World Series? Like, I don't even think you've given out your prediction yet. Have you? Am I missing that? Not, yeah, well, my previous no, one, as so. Tristan mentioned, was White Sox-Giants. That yeah. is uh, in shambles. Uh, yes, but... I actually I put it out on Twitter right before the game. Astros in five, which uh, is not really looking like a great pick at the moment, but I do think that this Astros pitching staff is criminally underrated. Uh, you know, I mentioned how they don't have a lot of the big names that they used to, but Framber Valdez uh, has stepped up this season. We saw Luis Garcia uh, put together a case for Rookie of the Year. Uh, we have, of course, Jose Urquidy, uh, who Nationals fans know well, having started game four uh, against them back in 2019 World Series, uh, going five shutout innings against the Nats in that game uh, to help even that series at two to two at the time. Uh, and then, of course, if we do get to, you know, to game four, who do the Astros have but Zach Greinke? Uh, you know, maybe a guy who was reaching the twilight of his career, but still somebody who has the postseason pedigree. He's been there before, obviously a former Cy Young winner. So I really like that pitching staff and, and the offense. You know, both these offenses are really good, but the, the biggest difference to me uh, is the Astros, the contact percentage, 80.6% this season. That's highest in baseball, and they're the only team over 80%. They put the ball in play almost every time they go up to bat. Meanwhile, we have the Braves, who in the postseason so far, over a 27% strikeout rate. 
uh, you know, they swing and miss a lot. And, you know, this isn't a high strikeout team, the Astros, uh, but they can be, uh, you know, a team that doesn't have to put the ball in the strike zone. They can play outside, try to get these guys to swing and miss. And so far they're not doing that. And I think we're seeing the results of it as to why the Braves have jumped out 5-0 in game one. But I think overall that the, the Astros hold the edge of the much better team that had been here before. Uh, and I feel like they're going to cruise. Uh, if not, they win today. Uh, they'll they'll go forward and, and do pretty well. Matt, if you had to make a World Series MVP pick, if you're going with the Astros, who do you think could bring it home? Altuve is uh, ten to one right now. I like Tucker. He's fourteen to one. That's Correa what I ended up playing. Fifteen to one. Yeah, he's going to get paid, obviously. Yeah, I like I like those <laughs> odds uh, for Correa for sure. And and he was uh, he's been tearing it up. He's, he's such a good postseason hitter in general. As as with Altuve, you know, he has the he's like top five in home runs all time in the postseason. Uh, but I actually really like Tucker. Uh, you know, big breakout season for him this year. He's a guy who, you know, hit 30 home runs, but he also steals bases most uh, on the Astros this season and hit for a high average. And he was a, a pretty high, highly rated prospect uh, before he came up. And he had a bit of a slow start to his career, but really put it all together in 2021. And, you know, he, he's rolled that into the postseason. And I, I'm, I, th- I see him having a pretty good series here. Uh, Matt, as a gambling show, we always try to predict what's going to happen in the future. Who do you think we're going to be talking about next season? Like, who do you think would be a good value pick? Obviously, World Series futures aren't available currently, but who's Nationals. a team? Yeah, Nationals. Who, who's a team in the NL or the AL that you think that maybe has a shot to win it all next year that maybe people are sleeping on? Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be interesting with the offseason. There's a lot of big names that are going to be changing places. So a lot of things can change uh, across the landscape. Uh, but if I had to pick one team, uh, I think that the Mariners are a sneaky pick for next year. Nice. Maybe not to win the World Series, but to, to compete in that AL West, compete for a, a postseason spot. They came really close this year, down to the wire. Uh, you know, as a team that basically sold at the deadline, we have Kendall Graveman, who's one of the top relievers in the Astros bullpen right now. He was pitching for the Mariners for most of the season up until uh, the end of the uh, trade deadline. And, uh, you know, I think the, the Mariners really could have used him down the stretch. Uh, and if they had held on to him and acted as buyers over the offseason prior, I think that that, that was a, a realistic shot for them to, to make the playoffs. And they're bringing back most of these guys next year. Jared Kalenic, you know, a top prospect for them, showed some signs of, of being a really good player. So I'm excited to see what he can do with a full season. Uh, so Mariners will probably be my pick to click for next season. Speaking of people who uh, potentially could come back for a swan song really quickly, is there any possibility we could see Ryan Zimmerman back for one more year? I think it's definitely possible. You know, he had the, the end of the season, his final game at Nats Park. He had a bit of a standing ovation. You know, the Red Sox came out of emotional. the dugout platform, all the fans are very emotional. And it certainly looked like it could be his last season, but uh, I think that he's undecided at this point, uh, and he's going to wait to see how the Nationals offseason unfolds. He's not a guy who, who's at a point in his career where he wants to go through a rebuild. You know, he did that with the Nationals before, for a very long time before they became good back in 2012. Uh, you know, a guy who reached the major leagues in 2005. That's a long time to go through losing. And obviously his career arc it culminated in the World Series. But I think that, you know, he's going to see how the offseason shakes out. And if there's a, you know, a spot for him, I, I think the Nationals will be willing to bring him back on a, on a cheap deal. Uh, but it's going to, uh, you know, kind of come down to whether or not they're really trying to go for a top five draft pick next year or if they want to be somewhat competitive while giving young guys a chance. It looks like Charlie Morton is just just leaving the mound right now with the left leg injury apparently so this could get really weird not Looks just like an ankle impact or an ankle uh not just this game but Always. the entire series yeah. wow that's not good braves bullpen big three arms tyler matzik aj minter 
and uh, Will Smith. They're the guys who have been so crucial for them this postseason. All of them left-handed. And the Astros, fourth highest OPS against lefties this year, third highest slugging. So this is a team that crushes lefties. And if the Braves are having to go to left-handers relatively early, we could see them, you know, make a bit of a comeback here. Let's see. Well, well Will Smith has never lost anything. He's my favorite fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'll tell you that much, Matt. Thank you so much for joining the show, big dog. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. That's Matt Wyrick right there, and he joined us on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. Well, if that's the case, and you get a uh, lefty coming in out of the bullpen right now, you could jump on the Astros plus 625 on the money line only over at BetMGM. The king of sports. The, the only, only sports book. There you go. I was fast, wasn't I? You were.